question. Why do you believe police brutality continues to exist in this country? Do you believe it to be a systemic problem, or should we judge police misconduct on a case-by-case basis? And what's your opinion on the best course of action to solve the problem? Well, you have come to the right place. You're listening to L.A.'s all-new Progressive Talk radio station. Of the people, by the people, for the people. Hey, I sure appreciate that. It's KBLA Talk 1580. We got you covered round the clock. Round the clock. Round the clock. Racism, we got you. Progressive politics, we got you. Health and wellness education, we have you covered. We're going to have to put it back in the hands of the people. A black-owned and operated evidence-based alternative radio station for progressive, open-minded people like you and me. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Welcome home, Welcome L.A. Home, L.A. We're all in this together. Let's get it on. It's KBLA Talk 1580, broadcasting from the heart of L.A.'s Lamert Park. You've got a lot to talk about. We are going to have to fight. We're going to have to struggle. We're going to have to struggle relentlessly to bring about some peace. I get out. I get out of all your boxes. I'll get out. You can't hold me in these chains. I'll get out. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts. And it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is November the 2nd, and we are here today to really talk about some things that are going on in our space as it relates to uh, just finances in general. And so I am excited today. Uh, today is day one of what would be the Los Angeles Blockchain Summit. Uh, I am a speaker for the summit, but I am unsure if I am going to be able to make it because I'm feeling under the weather. But I am supposed to be speaking tomorrow uh, at the L.A. Blockchain Summit. And the L.A. Blockchain Summit is one of the longest running events uh, in the blockchain space for Los Angeles. Uh, And I don't know if you all are familiar with a gentleman by the name of Tim Draper. He is a VC, a venture capitalist that does a lot of funding for technology companies, as well as uh, Alan Gorin and then uh, Alon. And uh, they do a great job with this event, and it is at the convention center. So for those of you that are interested in blockchain technology and what it brings to the space, uh, cryptocurrency, and just listening to some great speakers and and people uh, please, you know, go ahead and attend or get a ticket and attend. If you want to attend and you don't have a ticket, please feel free to reach out to me and I will see what I can do. And again, I'm supposed to go and speak tomorrow. Uh, hoping I'm feeling a lot better than today, but nevertheless, uh, these are great opportunities for you to start to, uh, sit amongst people and, um, really collaborate and meet and greet different people from different industries. There's a lot of vendor booths and people that are out there at this uh, event that you can 
um, you know, really just pull knowledge from. And so I think it's a great time and a great space. And uh, that's, again, in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Convention Center. And so I am um, excited about that. So today we have got a lot of things that are going on in the cryptocurrency space. And there's a lot of things that are happening that are moving towards mass adoption. We talked about that yesterday, and I'm going to bring up a couple of other things that are going to show you how money is changing. And I say this so many times during the day, ladies and gentlemen, money is changing. Uh, but I want to kind of, uh, before we get into the cryptocurrency conversation today, because we are doing the midday money chain, uh, it is critically important that we understand a lot of things that are going on. So there is a rumor out right now that the uh, diesel fuel, diesel fuel, fuel that moves trucks, that moves trains and all those things, that we will be running out of diesel fuel. Uh, there was a gentleman on Fox News that actually reported that, and he reported that by uh, December, no, excuse me, by Thanksgiving, excuse me, uh, that we would be absolutely running out of diesel fuel. And so there's a couple of ramifications that are going to happen, um, not actually because of that, and I don't want to, you know, bring any real, real validity to what he is stay, saying, but what I do know, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, his name is uh, Tucker Carlson, Carlson Tucker, I don't know, one of those guys on Fox. Uh, but what I do know and what I see is a lot of these other communities are getting ready for this recession. And I hope, you know, what I have been saying to you all is making you aware of some of the things that are going to be happening as it relates to our money, as it relates to the way we used to do things, as a way as it relates to uh, a reset that is going on. But there are indications that there's going to be some issues with our diesel fuel. Not that we're going to run out, that it is definitely going to be scarce and it's going to cause things to uh, be a little bit different than they've been in the past. And so when we come forward, uh, when we come forward, we'll have a conversation about what I really feel uh, we should be doing with our monies uh, moving forward for the next year, maybe year and a half, and what we need to be doing immediately to prepare before we get into this uh, full-on winter. And I don't know if we're going to ever have a full-on winter because of global warming, but things are changing. And so we need to make ourselves aware of what is happening. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will have and finish the conversation about our diesel fuel and what we may be needing to do uh, in the very, very near future to make sure that we come out on the other side well. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, in a moment. more with Najee Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Najee Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome forward. So, uh, as it relates to this diesel fuel shortage that Tucker Carlson actually reported on Fox News, I really started digging and trying to figure out, uh, first of all, if there was any validity to the diesel fuel running out around Thanksgiving. 
what we're finding or what I was able to find out is that we may not run out towards Thanksgiving, but it is soon uh, to run out because of the fact that they are producing less diesel fuel, less fuel, period, less oil on purpose intentionally to create scarcity, which is going to cause the price of gas, diesel fuel, and things like that to actually uh, go up. But not only that, what's going to wind up happening is um, it is going to uh, cause truckers not to want to pay the fuel prices if they're independent. And with that being stated, if our independent truck drivers are not wanting to pay the high absorbent fuel prices, they're going to do less and less deliveries. And so that is going to show up on our grocery store shelves. It's going to show up a lot of places where we normally have, of course, truck drivers uh, doing what they need to do. And so as a result of that, I have begun telling and sharing with my family that I see um, some of the similarities that I saw going into uh, us getting prepared for COVID. And so what I am suggesting to my family, things like water, uh, things that you would normally go into the store and purchase uh, to start and they're non-perishable, to start to stock up on some of those things. Um, you know, even just, uh, and I'm not saying do the whole toilet paper and the paper towels or anything like that, but I am saying things that you can purchase right now that are non-perishable, I am actually telling you it's a good idea, not because they may not be there. There's two sides to this. They may not be there uh, as readily available as they have been. But not only that, I believe that the prices are going to increase. And so if you're able to purchase a little bit more right now for a cheaper price instead of having to pay for uh, these things when they get, uh, you know, when the price really goes up, I think it'll be a good thing for uh, for you and for your family. And so as we take a look at what is happening in the economy, as we look at the fact that last night of, to, um, the feds raised our basis, the interest rate, again, another 75 basis points, um, you know, it's it's important to know that all of these things are definitely going to affect the price of goods and services. And so if you can afford to do a little bit extra and stock up, I'm not saying go hoard and do all of those things, but we we have no idea what is going to happen in this particular time and space. And so we're seeing a little bit we're seeing a little bit happening. And I think it shows up in different forms in our community. We're seeing a little bit more crime. We're seeing a little bit, uh, you know, they're they're claiming that the unemployment rate is down, which I don't even know if I believe that wholeheartedly, just looking at the numbers. And again, unfortunately, because they're able to manipulate the numbers and say what they want to say, I just really don't see that because everywhere I go, I see help wanted. Everywhere I go, there's less and less people in these stores helping us out as we go and shop, as we go and do the things that we need to do. So something is not adding up. But what I will tell you is that something is on the horizon. And so with that being said, things, again, as such as your water, things, uh, canned goods, and things that you can actually store up on, uh, store without them going stale or going bad, it would be a great idea to absolutely do that. 
uh, right now leading into the winter. Um, you know, there's just there's just too many different elements from all different sides as we look at, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, there's still a lot of illnesses going on right now. Children's hospitals, unfortunately, are filling up. And it's just all these different variables that give us an, uh, give us an indication that we're headed uh, in a direction, of course, that we've never been before. And we're not new to what could happen. You know, before we set up and said, oh, that could never happen, that things would shut down. But they did. So what if, uh, you know, we run into the situation where they've created this scarcity with this gasoline and then we have it where the truck drivers are refusing and not even refusing, but can't even afford to run their trucks because it's not lucrative for them because of the gasoline is so uh, expensive. They're just going to stay home. And so. Uh, we got a next the next two to three months. We will really see where this leads us as it relates to them creating this scarcity with oil. And so, um, you know, and I'm not saying that Tucker Carlson was altogether wrong. I think his projection for running out of diesel fuel by Thanksgiving is a little bit uh, a little bit too soon. But I do, ladies and gentlemen, see some things happening. And as we continue to educate on all things that have to do with money, we have literally got to really open our eyes and see how these massive, these these bigger picture things will actually affect our houses and our households. And so uh, that's just something that I wanted to share. And I did a lot of research yesterday to see, uh, again, what validity this gas thing will have. And, and all of it does lead to the fact that we're going to have some scarcity with this gas and the prices going up. And I'm not talking about our car gas. I'm talking again about diesel, uh, not not regular unleaded, but the diesel. And so we'll see again what effects it has. But uh, as I have been saying, you know, my action of every day is going to be save and invest as opposed to spending and splurging. And so this Christmas, I really feel like we need to be in our communities doing something a little bit different than we've done in the past. You know, what I have watched over the years is our community uh, embarking upon this thing, uh, this commercialized side of Christmas that leaves us during January, February, and March scrambling to figure out how to pay for the stuff that we bought for Christmas. We literally have to get a handle on our spending in our community. And maybe this is the year that you say, hey, you know what? Instead of me doing all of this uh, spending that I do for Christmas, maybe I'm going to do some investing for my family members and ensure that everybody has something that's longer lasting than sitting uh, sitting up playing with toys or, or doing whatever they're doing on just that one or two days, you know, during Christmas. We have got to do something different. And so I am asking each and every one of you that are listening, we're here in November, and this buying frenzy starts this month. It starts the day after Thanksgiving. And what we will find is a bunch of people in line trying to get Black Friday sales. And I get it. It happens all the time. We see it. Um, and we've really got to we've really got to get a handle on this because some things are coming down the pipe that we've got to be ready for. And so I am submitting to my community. I'm submitting to my listeners. I'm submitting to my family that we've got to do something different than we've done in the past. And this is our time. 
And I really feel like what we do in the next uh, two to three months, as well as the next two to five years, is going to be absolutely critical for our community. And so as we move into our cryptocurrency conversation, there's a lot of things that are happening in this space uh, that are moving towards mass adoption. And so I was um, taking a look at what is happening with uh, Union Bank. So as you all know, or, or if you do not know, please know the banks here in America have not been very uh, open to anyone using cryptocurrency or trading cryptocurrencies or anything like that. And as a result, if they know that you're doing or buying Bitcoin or trading Bitcoin and you are sending wires or doing anything of that sort, they will close your accounts. And they have been doing this for a while. But what I am seeing is that um, Union Bank actually went into the Philippines, ladies and gentlemen, and they applied for a cryptocurrency license. Now, why they cannot do that here in the U.S., I have no idea. But Union Bank went into the Philippines, and they were the one of the few institutions that were, was granted a cryptocurrency license. And so they are currently working on a Bitcoin and Ethereum custody and trading services platform for retail investors. That means everyday people like me and you, along with launching its own remittance payment stablecoin and exploring the metaverse economy. Now, they're doing that in the Philippines. And so what I am saying when I read this is they're doing it in the Philippines, but they're not doing it in the United States, which is going to put the Philippines ahead of the United States in technology and just the ability to be able to even uh, work in, in this space. And so it is quite interesting to see how these banks, these banking industries, um, are going into these other countries right now, and they're doing the whole cryptocurrency thing. But for some reason, the United States, they're being real lackadaisical about getting this stuff done. And it is, it's got to be done. It's got to be done quickly. But, um, you know, this is just another indication, ladies and gentlemen, that I really feel like the United States is really holding not just the cryptocurrency space back, but it's holding the bankers and the banks back. Uh, from being able to participate in this uh, revolution, this digital revolution, and it's happening. And what is it going to look like when these other countries are far ahead of what we're doing? It's just, it just does not make sense at all that our, that we're so slow to the call to act, actually get acclimated and participate in this cryptocurrency space with our bank. But we know it has to do with the Federal Reserve Bank and those sorts of things. And again, the resounding thing that I see with this Union Bank situation is the fact that they're getting themselves in place in the Philippines to allow people to buy and sell cryptocurrency. But the biggest thing is the custody of their Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, custody is, um, is, is a major thing really a major thing. If they allow them to have custody, that means they don't own their actual cryptocurrency. And if they don't have educators over in the Philippines 
to really teach them what they need to be doing to to custody their own coins, they're going to be at a loss. And I think that this is one of the ways that the banks are going to take advantage of un, uh, uneducated, and not in a bad way, but people that are not educated in this space. They're going to take advantage of them by um, offering these products and services, but not telling them that they are not the ones that actually own the cryptocurrency if they leave it on the exchange. In fact, there was a uh, there was an exchange that just got hacked for millions of dollars, and I really feel again that this was an inside job. Um, and when I say inside job, it would be the employees and different individuals that know the protocols of the exchange. These things just don't happen. There's a lot of security. Uh, behind a lot of these platforms. And so I want you to know that this this uh, cryptocurrency, uh, these platforms are really safe. Most of them are really safe. Uh, but there's some backdoor stuff that's happening with developers and people that know the protocol, the employees, and I really feel like that's actually what's happening. And so how we keep our, our cryptocurrency and our Bitcoin safe is to hold our own wallets. Have your own ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R. That is a ledger. You can go and buy your own ledger. You can buy, um, there are so many different cold storage wallets out there right now to keep your cryptocurrency safe, and you're going to have to do that. But uh, back to this thing with Union, Union Bank in the Philippines, um, one of the reasons I really feel like they're going after the Philippines for any of you that know uh, people that are Filipino that are here in the United States, they send a lot of money back to the Philippines, specifically like the Philippine Nurses Association that I've done some work for. They send thousands of dollars a month per each family back to the Philippines. And then they go back to the Philippines and they actually retire back there. And so I think that everybody wants a piece of the pie. And if they if they understand uh, cryptocurrency and where it's going, Western Union and MoneyGram are not going to be participating in these uh, in these in these transactions where they're sending the money back to the Philippines. So I think this is a race for people to get themselves in place, for the banks to get themselves in place, for the MoneyGrams of the world to get themselves in place, so that they can reap the benefits of what's happening because people are starting to move more money. And they are starting to figure out, uh, you know, that this world is, is smaller than we thought. Uh, social media has made this world smaller than we thought. But when we come forward, we will talk about the next institution that has just implemented blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum trading into their platform. This is KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward, everyone. And so as we talk about mass adoption, I had had been talking about um, some of the things that have been transpiring, and it has finally happened. MoneyGram, the company that has made a lion's share of funds, 
based on people sending money to other countries, people sending money back and forth to family members. This Dallas-based, Dallas-Texas-based money giant has announced that they have now opened a new cryptocurrency service that allows customers to buy and sell Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum on their company's mobile app. The new feature is actually powered by the crypto cash exchange company CoinMe, C-O-I-N-M-E. While the list of available cryptocurrencies is great, I would say the ones that they have on here, uh, they intend to just expand this to a full-fledged cryptocurrency exchange in the very near future. It will actually go after and seek regulatory approval before adding all these new cryptocurrencies. And why is that? Because other than the cryptocurrencies that I just mentioned, they don't want to get dinged for selling securities. And so they're trying to make sure that they do everything right so that uh, they don't get kicked back. And so the CEO of MoneyGram, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Alex Holmes. He said that cryptocurrencies are addictive. And so he started learning about it and getting involved in it. Uh, and so he's saying that these cryptocurrencies and buying and selling it and this new money is addictive. And everything that his company is going to do moving forward is going to have to do with cryptocurrencies. This is huge. This is one of the largest giants in money transfer and money transmittals. Uh, but MoneyGram is here uh, in this space, effective immediately, and they are going to continue to grow. They actually are partnering with the company that is in opposition to Ripple, and Ripple is the company we've been talking about that is in federal court right now fighting for uh, for their particular platform to make sure that they're not uh, deemed a security or uh, going to jail or getting indicted for or uh, found guilty of selling a security. And so they're fighting, um, and they're fighting in court, and the seller network is the one that is one of Ripple's rivals. So MoneyGram launched this crypto to cash service on the Stellar Network. And a lot of people thought it was going to be on the Ripple Network, but it is on the Stellar Network. And so according to Bloomberg, uh, the Stellar Development Foundation is also eyeing the potential acquisition of the 81-year-old remittance company. So it looks like Stellar is going to buy out MoneyGram, or they're looking to buy out MoneyGram. Ladies and gentlemen, this is more than a feather in the cap for mass adoption, because once MoneyGram uh, really takes off with this thing, Bitcoin is going to be in the hands of real, real, real everyday people. That's why MoneyGram and um and Western Union have done so well, they've been in the hands of regular everyday people because they're inside of Walmart. And Walmarts are across the United States. And so this is going to be really interesting to see uh, how this takes over and starts to explode from here. 
And if you don't hear me, I have been saying and screaming this for the last year. Money is changing. Everything that we know is changing. The digital revolution is upon us. And we've got to figure out how we fit in. And I am telling you that the asset that I am uh, helping my family get in place with is Bitcoin. Now, again, there's Ethereum, there's Litecoin, there's all these other cryptocurrencies out there. And I'm not saying that they're not good, but I am saying that there is one resounding theme that Bitcoin is on the lips of every major company, every major bank, every major Anybody doing anything that has to do with money right now is trying to figure out how they get into the Bitcoin space. So why in the world would you be buying Dogecoin when when you're you're listening and looking and watching history happen and you're uh, looking away from the actual asset that matters? Bitcoin is not too expensive. Bitcoin is absolutely on sale right now, and so it is imperative that we pay attention to what the real issues are in this money space. And so as I talk about Dogecoin, let me say this. Uh, Mr. Elon Musk, uh, buying of Twitter, I just yesterday reading got an epiphany about this Twitter thing. And so while I think that Elon Musk is 100% a lot out here for attention, uh, I think what he did is very strategic, and what he did is very strategic specifically for Bitcoin. And I'm going to say this. Since Elon Musk has officially bought Twitter and all of the headlines that we see and all the talking heads and the mainstream media are saying that Elon Musk is a threat to our democracy, uh, his headlines are saying the bird is free, and so and free meaning freedom. The bird, and that, and for those of you that don't know what Twitter's logo is, it's a bird. And so, so Elon Musk is saying uh, the bird is actually free. But everyone, in my opinion, based on what I'm wa- watching him do strategically, is a little bit wrong. Mainstream media are all focused on the wrong ideas, and I don't want to get focused on the wrong ideas because I want us to win. And the motivations of Musk are missing um and we're missing one of the biggest breakthroughs in this technology and the financial system coming our way this gentleman has just bought the biggest social media platform out there and this could be a giant catalyst and people are completely ignoring it because everybody is focused on I'm going to say, I don't want to call the man a nut, but he is he is special. I'll put it that way. But we're focusing on the wrong things. And so what I'm saying that his true intention is, is he is trying to use Twitter as a digital pl- payment social media platform where users can pay using Bitcoin. And right now he is gathering a board of directors of some of the biggest Bitcoin believers to work directly with him. He's doing this, and I saw yesterday a couple of people that he's meeting with, and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, these believers in Bitcoin are not going to be pushing Dogecoin, but they're going to be pushing Bitcoin, and he's got them um, coming his way. 
And I read another quote that he said, the reason I acquired Twitter is that it's important for the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. And uh, I'm just telling you, I think he's really good at getting the, the attention diverted away from the real facts and the real things. But if he turns this social media platform into a digital uh, sort of payment system or create some sort of social media payment rail, this could be absolutely huge. And how we know money, how we do money, how we move money is changing forever. And I'm just happy to know that he holds Bitcoin, even though he tells everybody else to buy Dogecoin or Shiba Inu or all this other crap that he's got everybody buying. But what I do know is he is uh, assembling a group of Bitcoinists that are going to try to figure this thing out for Twitter. And once it happens, it is going to be almost instantly how things, uh, how money moves in this country, with or without the banks, with or without the Federal Reserve, with or without the government's approval. This is going to happen. And I think they looked at all the wrong things. And I think Elon Musk caught us all sleeping because I see him moving in a different way, in a different fashion. And he's been very strategic. So with that, when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll jump into our market report. This is KBLA Talk 15. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the Midday Money Chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. So as I stated, welcome forward, welcome forward. As I stated uh, earlier in the hour, the Feds made another announcement of a 75 basis point rate hike. And so the markets are uh, really reacting in a positive way. Uh, We haven't seen too many things falling. In fact, uh, Bitcoin is at 20,100, which is down in the last hour, 0.46%. Uh, In 24 hours, it's down 1.4%, and over seven days, it's down 2.69%, which means when we purchase Satoshis in just a few minutes, we're going to get more Satoshis today than we did yesterday because the price is lower, and so that gives us many more Satoshis, and so I'm excited about that. Ethereum is down as well. It's at $1,511. Dollars at the time of reading this is down 1.8% in the last hour and down 4.6% last 24 hours and down 2.6% in the last seven days. All of your cryptocurrencies, ladies and gentlemen, I see in the last hour are all red, all the way down till we get to, I mean, I'm not seeing any greens. Uh, in the last hour. And a lot of this has to do with the Fed's um, raising the uh, basis points and the uncertainty that everyone has in all sorts of markets. In fact, um, there is right now, as it relates to the gauge of the dollar, because the the dollar actually fell in price and gold actually rose a little bit today. The U.S. futures in European stocks were little changed amid signs of slowing in the global 
in the global uh, market. The equities pair gains ahead of the Federal Reserve's policy meeting on Wednesday, but they didn't do uh, too much after we heard what was going on. And so healthcare shares got a boost after Novo Nordisk raised its forecast for the year. And so I think why healthcare is going to be doing well is because there's some other variants and things that are going on that everybody is taking a look at, and we've got to do some investing in these healthcare uh, platforms. And so China, uh, the Chinese and Hong Kong stocks drove gains in their region as investors scooped up shares following um, wide circulation of unverified posts outlined a loosening of the nation's COVID zero policy. And so this this Fed hike of 75 basis points, uh, you know, again, it's just new. It just happened today. There is a need for ongoing hikes, as they state, until mm-hmm. the rates uh, until rates get to, I think they're going to get so high, I don't know what we're going to be able to do, but they are going to be significantly restrictive. And I don't know what headlines you're reading or what periodicals you're reading, but anytime the Fed say that they're getting to a point where they are going to make it for us significantly restrictive, we've really got to figure out what that means because they're not going to come right out and say, this is what we're going to do. But the Fed says that they are going to take a cumulative tightening and that is going, we're going to see a lag in the market. And so we've really got to start saving and investing as opposed to spending. The Feds also vote in favor of policy. Uh, and this policy that is it was voted on was unanimous. And so they're just going to continue to do what they need to do. And last but not least, because I never even really talk about the S&P 500, but I need to let you know right now it is down 2.3%. The NASDAQ is down 3.1%, and the Dow Jones is down 1.45. So those of you that have um, money in stocks, you need to be watching that as well. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will do our daily dollar cost averaging. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range, and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So we want everyone to get ready for the agenda for California, an African-American perspective. It's going to be moderated uh, by our host, the host of A More Perfect Union, and that's Dr. Nikordalai Corte. And that is going to be tomorrow, this Thursday, November the 3rd, from 7 o'clock to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's only on KBLA Talk 1580. So if you get ready for this conversation, it will feature an all-star panel, including the Secretary of State, Shirley Weber, Superintendent of Public School Instruction, Tony Thurman, and the Los Angeles County Supervisor, Holly Mitchell. Oh, and there's one more. Assemblyman Isaac Bryan. And so you don't want to miss this agenda for California and African-American perspective. Again, tomorrow, which is Thursday, November the 3rd, from 7 to 9 p.m. on KBLA Talk 1580. 
All of the episodes for this special series are available in podcasts and in the video format on KBLA1580.com and on the KBLA app. So be sure to also go out and vote or vote by uh, Tuesday, November the 8th. Please vote by Tuesday, November the 8th. You don't want to be late because being late is going to be detrimental to our community. So we want to make sure we get our balance in on time. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our daily dollar cost average DCA. A DCA a day keeps poverty away. So let's take out our Black Wall Street wallets, please. If you haven't already done so, please go to your app store and download the Black Wall Street wallet. It is a black and purple logo. Uh, and so what you're going to do is click on that that app, and we are going to uh, click the purple circle in the middle, and we are going to buy an asset. That asset is Bitcoin, or I'm going to buy an asset, uh, and it's Bitcoin. And so I'm going to do $6 because I didn't go to Starbucks today. I decided to take my $6 and invest in my future, invest in the digital financial revolution that is coming. And so we are getting $6 one time. Now, you can set this up and forget it. You can have them pulled from your account. Do whatever you need to do to stack your Satoshis. But I'm doing $6 right now. And... um I am putting it in my designated wallet, which is KBLA Talk 1580. We're doing this for an entire year uh, to see where we wind up in a year. And so I'm excited about that. And so we are going to click this continue button. And voila, I have purchased Bitcoin for $20,116, which means, again, I bought I purchased more Satoshis today than I did yesterday for the same exact amount because the price of Bitcoin has dropped just a little bit. And so that's how you get rid of the volatility. You buy and you DCA when the market is high, when the market is low, you just do your thing. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, you are stacking Satoshis alongside me. I'm not providing any financial advice, just suggesting what you should be doing to stack your Bitcoin in this time where Bitcoin is on sale. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. And I want to thank you for rocking with me today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. This is the unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.